Hello. Good morning, everybody. Yes, I'm Lee, and uh, I'm going to talk to you today from one of my favourite passages in the Bible, which is in John's Gospel, chapter four. Um, before we read the passage, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background uh, to what's happening. So the Gospels, the stories about Jesus when he was on earth, John's Gospel, at this point, Jesus is traveling around with his disciples. He's healing people. He's teaching people. He's ministering generally. And at this particular story we're going to look at, he's going through a region called Samaria. It's the middle of the day. It's hot. They're, they're uh, hungry and thirsty and tired. The disciples head off to get some food and Jesus sits down to rest at the local well where a woman comes to draw water. And Jesus enters into a conversation with this woman. And we're gonna pick the conversation up in John 4, verse 19. We're gonna read verses 19 to 24, and the words will hopefully come up on the screen. <clears throat> the woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem is the place. <coughs> will, will you worship the father? You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I've been a Christian some 30-something years, and when I first uh, put my trust in Jesus, I really know church backgrounds. I'd never really read the Bible. And worship for me was that thing we did on a Sunday at the start of the meeting. So we would have 20 or 30 minutes and, of singing songs and doing some other things. And I loved it. And that was great. But for me, that was worship. And then as I started to read the Bible, and particularly as I started to read this passage and think about what Jesus uh, is saying in here, it dawned on me that actually once upon a time before Jesus, that actually was true. Worship was something that we had to do in a particular place at a particular time, using particular ways of doing it. But since Jesus has come, that's no longer true. And I can worship anywhere, anytime. I can worship when we gather together, which is absolutely wonderful, of course. But I can worship on my own at home. I can worship when I'm doing the washing up. I can worship when I'm out for a walk. I really can worship any time, any place. And that really changed things for me. It's like, wow, this is something I can actually do. And then as I dug into this and started hearing uh, people who, who know the Bible a lot better than me preaching on it and teaching on it, I came to understand actually that God is looking for worshippers, not just worship. He is looking for people 
who will worship him. Not just beautiful music and singing, not just wonderful spiritual gifts and contributions, but God is always seeking people who will worship him. And as I, I've thought about that, and what, what does that mean to be a worshiper? I think for me, I'm thinking that's somebody who's got God on their mind and in their heart all the time, who's delighting themselves in God, who's looking to reflect his glory. That beautiful picture we've had from Bethany over the last few weeks of refined gold that reflects him, the people who bless and thank him all the time. It's like, wow, I don't do that. I really don't do that. But actually, like everything else about being a Christian, it's something that I can grow in and will keep growing in all the time that I'm alive until the day that I die. And I'm going to share with you today something of my journey in growing as a worshipper. It is a journey. I am still very much on it. I am not done. I'm not finished. But I really feel that it's something that God has led me into and helped me to grow and learn. And hopefully, as I share some of the things that I've done along the way, that will help you. So I like to enjoy a private time with God each morning. And I have a pattern that I have used for most of my last 30 years, something years, whatever it is. I like to read something in the Bible and ask God to help me understand more about him. I do like to have a time of worshipping him. And then I, I have a time of praying into the things that are on my heart. And what I did some years ago was I took six months out where I didn't study the Bible and I didn't pray, trusting God with those things. And I tried to use that time to worship, to bring praise and, and glory to God, to thank him. All those things Rose was sharing with us during our time of worship. And it was really hard. It was so easy to just drop into asking God for things. I found it so hard to just continue in worship. And I'd been filled with the Holy Spirit when I was a very young Christian and was used to asking the Holy Spirit to help me with things. And I'd never thought to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to worship. I suppose I thought, surely the worship of God is something I shouldn't need help with. It should just come naturally. Why, why would I need help? But I realized the simple fact is I do need his help. I can't do it just naturally of myself. So in that time that I was spending, I started to ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And it just changed everything. I think that's when I grasped the worship in spirit part of what Jesus is saying in our passage. Because when I ask the Holy Spirit to come, the first place he comes is my spirit. He comes and wakes up my spirit. And then my spirit comes alive to the worship of God. And sometimes that just, I sense it. I know he's there. I really feel it. Spontaneous worship just pours out of me and it's wonderful. But my experience is that's not what happens most of the time. I know that if I ask the Holy Spirit to help me with the worship of God, I'm certain that he answers that prayer with a yes. 
but I don't always sense him doing it. And when that happens, I need some things to help me. So I have a sort of pattern that I like to use when that happens. And so I might start with just thinking about who God is, the glorious one, the one who is everywhere, who knows everything, who sees everyone, the one who is almighty and all powerful. And then I might move into the truths about our relationship with God, the fact that he has chosen to love us. He's invited us to call him father. He cares for us. He is faithful to us. I might then think about the cross and the glorious, wonderful thing that Jesus has done for us and his grace and his mercy. And perhaps somewhere along there, I will really get caught up in worship. Or perhaps I won't. And actually, that's okay. I am still being a worshipper because there are other things I can move into. I can begin to remember the things that he's done in my life or I've seen him do in others, more personal things. I can reflect on what he seems to be doing around me and just keep going. And it may be that all in, in that season, in that time that I'm having, I never really sense the Holy Spirit and it never feels like it's really spontaneous worship, but that doesn't matter. If I keep, keep persevering and keep pressing in, I am being a worshiper in spirit. The Holy Spirit is enabling that to happen. Then there's worship in truth. I think there's two ways of looking at this that I'm going to explore today that I found helpful. The first of those is the word of God, the Bible, the truth of God. It's just jam-packed with things to worship God for. And we do that in our gatherings. We've had some wonderful expressions of that this morning, which have really blessed me and encouraged me and helped me in my worship this morning. But when I first became a Christian, I didn't really know very much truth. I'd not read the Bible very much. I didn't know what it said. But when I put my trust in Jesus, there's one truth that I knew. And I'm just going to spend a little bit of time remembering that one truth. And I'm just going to drop back one chapter in John's Gospel and read John 3, 16, just to remind us of that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We believe that we have all of us turned away from God, gone our own way, worshipped other things. And for that, we deserve to perish, to die. But God so loved us, he didn't want that to happen. And so he gave his son, Jesus. Jesus came. He was perfect and spotless. He's God's beautiful son that he took all of those things that we had done wrong on himself. And he died with them on the cross so that we no longer need to. And that truth never gets old and it never gets tired and I can always worship God with that truth. But there's another interpretation of worship in truth, which um, I like the way the message expresses 
John 4, verse 23. I'll just read it to you. <clears throat> That's the kind of people the father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. Hmm. Simply and honestly myself before God in my worship. So what does that mean? Well, for me, I, I remembered that Jesus talked in another gospel at a different time about the love of God. And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And I thought, well, I'm a whole being, but I have these different aspects of me that God has made. And when they come together and they work together in worship and they're all involved, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Wow, those are just glorious times of worship. And I love it. And I think that's what it'll be like in heaven. But my experience here on earth is those times are pretty few and far between. And it's much more likely when I get started in worship that one, two, three, maybe even all four of those parts aren't really taking part. And that's OK, too, because what this says, I think, is I can come and be a true worshipper just by coming as I am, whatever that is in any given moment, which in my case can literally change from moment to moment. But I don't want to be living in that kind of single dimension of me when I'm worshipping God. And so I found some things that have helped me to engage those different parts of me. And I'll just share some things that I've done. And maybe some of these might be something you can try and might help you. So I'm going to start with my mind. <clears throat> As I said, I like to have a private time with God first thing in the morning. So I wake up. And there's two things that can be happening. My mind may be not awake yet. So my body's awake, but mind hasn't woken. Or I went to sleep with something whirring in my head. And when I wake up, it's still whirring away in my head. So I jump in the shower and there's a couple of things that I like to do. So one of those is, particularly if my brain's not awake yet, is to just speak in tongues. So that's a tongue is just another word for a language. And God gives us as a spiritual gift, so empowered by the Holy Spirit, languages that we don't know ourselves that we can use to go spirit to spirit. So I can begin worshipping in my spirit, allowing my mind to kind of wake up and catch up as I do that. Another thing I then look to do, especially if my mind is kind of whirring around, is to rehearse and thank God for that one truth we just talked about the cross, his grace, his mercy and love, to have that kind of kickstart my day. And hopefully by the time I come down and get a cup of coffee and I'm ready to uh, get together with God, as it were, I've got something, I've got a bit of truth and I've got the Holy Spirit working in me already. Then there's my body, my strength. Uh, as Rose read out and many other passages in the Bible, Clearly, using physical aspects of us to worship God and to praise his name is absolutely in the Bible. Raising of hands, clapping, musical instruments, singing, falling down flat, kneeling, all sorts of things. 
And in our kind of modern intellectual world, that can feel a little bit sometimes weird or even a bit, well, that's not very cool, is it? Sorry, me. But if you've ever been to a football match or a rock concert, and I've been to both, you will know that once people get involved in what's in front of them, they forget all that stuff. And they absolutely are using their voices, their hands, their arms, whatever, to enjoy and worship what's in front of them. And I used to think that using my body, as it were, to worship God was the same thing. It's driven off how I'm feeling about what's happening. But what I have learned is that when I'm not feeling worship, I can use my body. I can declare truth about God with my mouth, but also with my hands. I can bring worship through the way I, I use my hands and my body. And that might help my feelings come on the journey too. But even if it doesn't, that's still okay because I'm bringing another aspect of me into my worship, into being a worshiper. It's great if my feelings get in there too, but they don't have to. Another thing, little tip that I, I'm not a medical professional, but as I understand it, when we're kind of sitting down or kind of lying down, our hearts, heart rate slows down, the blood tends to stop pumping so fast, and we generally slow down. Just simply standing up or, you know, even just you know, giving yourself a bit of a shake out, gets the heart moving again, gets the blood moving a bit faster and wake up the mind, but it can also lift the emotions. And that can, that does, I find that really does help me to worship. Because where I am most likely to be turned away from being a worshiper is in my emotions, the heart and soul of me. That's where I am most likely to be distracted. I might sing the songs, but I am not actually being a worshipper. And I have to fight pretty much every day to not let that happen. Sometimes that means ignoring the emotions. Sometimes it means trying out these other things that will help the emotions come with me. But God has made us to be worshippers. He's called us to be worshippers. He's seeking people who are worshippers. And I want to be a worshipper, regardless of whether I'm feeling it. Like love, when we truly love somebody, we do it whether we are feeling it or not. The worship of God is something to do regardless of how we are feeling. I really want to encourage us that we can all continue growing as worshippers. And I hope that some of the things that I've shared will help you with that. I mentioned a couple of things that might be new to you um, if you haven't been part of Revelation Church for very long. So the, the Holy Spirit filling us and speaking in tongues might be things that perhaps you have some questions about, you want to understand better. If that's the case, please do perhaps ask your group leader, your home group leader, or Duncan or myself, or do put something in the connect form. Likewise, that one truth that we talked about, about Jesus coming 
than dying on the cross to save us. If that's something you've got questions about, do please ask us. We would love to talk to you about it. The last couple of weeks, we finished with a song. And you might have thought, least talking on worship, we'll probably do that again. Actually, we're not going to, because I've been talking about being worshippers, which is so much more than singing songs. Wonderful, though, singing songs is as a way to express worship. So I'm simply going to pray for us now, and then we're going to finish. Father, thank you that you are seeking people. Please help us to grow in being your worshippers. Help us to keep asking the Holy Spirit to help us and to keep on coming as we are, learning more and more how we can worship you in spirit and truth. Amen. <laughs>